Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life workshop teacher trainer and Heal Your Life coach trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best-selling book, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders. Tune in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real life stories with real life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and you can heal your life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. I am so excited about the guest that I have on the show for you today. She has a master's of science in positive psychology with a subspecialty in coaching psychology, something I didn't even know existed. So I'm really excited to hear more about it. She really believes in your mindset and how it matters. And she thrives on coaching people to become their best and most authentic self with an invincible mindset. Isn't that powerful? An invincible mindset. She has survived so many things against all odds, including an eating disorder, overcoming all types of abuse, sexual, physical, emotional, psychological. She has overcome tragedy and loss that left her homeless at 18 years old. And she's transformed all of that to now be a mindset coach. She is positive and uplifting, and she is changing the world by empowering others. I would like to introduce you to Elizabeth Lewis. Hi, thank you for that introductory. That gave me goosebumps. (laughs) That is just so amazing and so true for all that you are. And I just am so thrilled to have you on the show today because I know what you are going to say will actually change people's lives. And I always like to start off with a quote. And I've decided to start off with a quote that came from your website. I just want to plug your website right now. It is elizabethlewis.com. So Elizabeth, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-L-O-U-I-S.com. You have an amazing blog there. So people, please do visit and check out that blog. Here's the quote that I wanted to start with written by Elizabeth Lewis. Success comes when you know who you are from the inside out. It's about always continuing to develop and grow yourself, to train yourself to never give up. That really speaks to who you are, doesn't it? It does. It does. Oh, I'm, I'm really um, wanting to learn more about you and how, first of all, this eating disorder that left the doctors flabbergasted to why you were even alive. Can you kind of share how this all came about and how you found yourself in that position to be homeless by 18? Yeah, it's all this really complex hairball of a knot. I developed an eating disorder around the age 15. We might argue that there was probably some notices of it or a thread kind of coming throughout my entire life, to be completely frank. But when I was 15 is when it really took a hold of me. And I was living in a war zone in my family life. 
I was literally surviving for my life some, some nights, to be completely frank. And so I think I just wanted some sort of control. Every day of my life, starting around age seven, which is when I lost my dad suddenly and kind of was the domino that made that the domino that dropped that where majority of my family and friends died. I just wanted this eating disorder, I think, to like give me some sort of control or something. I'm, I'm not really sure wh- what it was, but every single day I was told I was fat, stupid, and ugly. And so I think that was the only control I could take was like, I'm just not going to eat and move on with my life. And I will tell you, I learned a lot about mindset through an eating disorder. But long story short, when I was 16, I went into the ER and they were expecting me with a potassium level of one. And my understanding and my research says that, and the doctor said this as well, says that you're not walking, let alone talking with a potassium level of one. Like if we went to the morgue and tested the corpses bodies for their potassium level, it would actually be higher than one. And so doctors were really confused how I was still walking and talking and was cohesive because my potassium level was so, was so low and usually your heart flatlines. And I remember I was forced to go to rehab, which was horrible because when I was going through my eating disorder, there was not the programs and the research that there is now. I think people don't realize that eating disorders are actually the number one mental health killer. And so I'm really happy to hear that we've come a long way with eating disorders and the research. But what I realized as I was going through rehab, and that was also a horrible experience, was I was just tired of being everybody's punching bag. And so at 16, after I got home from rehab, I packed my bags and I left. And it was kind of, I had to pick the lesser of two evils, either stay at home and try to survive, which was just not working out for me. (laughs) It was causing me to not do well in school and lose focus and just get angry and bitter. And so I chose the latter, which was go live with my older friends and jump couches and just survive because I'd already been doing that. Then when I was 18, I didn't have anywhere else to go. So I had to live in my car. And thankfully it wasn't for that long, but I appreciate 24-hour Walmarts. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it all kind of created in like a nutshell. You would have every right to have embraced a full victim mentality based on everything that you have gone through. But instead, you have learned how to overcome that victimization and to become this powerful influencer, empowering other people that you are. Can you tell us more about that decision or that process? Yes, I'd love to. So I remember being a little girl, maybe eight, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. I wasn't younger than seven because when my dad died, that's when my whole life changed. It's I remember going to my mom's room and saying, I drew the short straw in this scenario because my dad was my protector and I had a strange upbringing. My dad was born in 1928 and he had me when he was 61. So his death really shouldn't be a shock, I suppose, when you hear those facts. But I just remember when my life got really difficult due to my family situation and just receiving abuse from multiple people in my family and outside of my family, that life had to be better than this. And I remember hearing stories of people who had overcome adversity and they were doing awesome things. And I just remember making that decision as a young girl that I wasn't going to allow this to defeat me. But that was kind of a non-conscious decision because I didn't know what I was going through was abnormal. Thought that was normal to be completely honest. And I know that might sound strange, but you only know what you know. And I didn't live in Sally's 
home life or Billy's home life. I only knew mine. So I just assumed everybody got treated this poorly. But when I became aware of it, I did get a little frustrated and angry. So I wouldn't say I was always a victor and always victorious in my thinking. I definitely went through a phase of thinking like a victim unintentionally and not wanting to and just feeling stuck and not knowing how to overcome this because I've been told so many times that I've gone through so much that it's a lot of trauma where some people have only gone through one or two of the things that I've gone through. So it was a lot I had to iron out. And I just have always wanted to be my best. And I've always appreciated wisdom. And I've always leaned on the power of prayer and just believing in something greater than myself. Because I I remember being 16 and in the hospital and I was like, God, why didn't you let me die? Because I knew I was dying that night. I knew it 100%. My pediatrician called my mom at 10 at night to tell her she had to get me to the ER because I would be dead the next day. And I was okay with that. I mean, that's the type of pain that I was in. I just wanted to go. And when I realized like, man, I actually can control my thinking. I can control what I think about and what I allow in my world and what I say and what I do, it made me realize that, you know, the world has so much potential. It's really our science lab. We can experiment with what we want to do, with what we don't want to do, with what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And there's so many options out there that I just started saying, you know what? This isn't me. I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I didn't see the person that I actually was. And I wanted to be my best self because I wanted people to know that you can go through hell and still be on top and still forgive 100% the people who hurt you and even have a relationship with them if it's your choice and if you fully healed from the past experiences with them. That's such a good point. And I know that you're also a fan of Louise Hay as, as I am myself and the philosophies that she has about using our mind to really heal our lives and to be, create these positive affirmations and to use the mirror to really talk to ourselves and so on. And like you said, when you looked in the mirror and didn't even recognize yourself, I'm sure that it was quite a process to get to a point of really loving yourself. But I want to go to what you said about the people that that were abusive to you in your life, whether it was uh, sexually, physical, emotional, or psychological, and how you came to that place of really applying everything that you had learned through through God, through your higher power, through uh, what you've read and and what you have learned in your life, to be able to get to that place where you were even willing to forgive. Yeah. Forgiveness is so powerful. And each day I think I learn a little bit more about forgiveness and just operating in love. For me, and and everyone's different if you've been abused or been a victim in a situation, my heart definitely goes out to you. Sometimes it's not okay to for. I mean, it's always okay to forgive, but sometimes it's not okay to forgive and continue to let the person back into your life if they're continuing to harm you. And again, I moved out at 16. So I did separate myself for a good almost decade before I interacted with some of the people who did hurt me. And some of them, I have no idea where they are. And I do not honestly care. I hope they're doing well and I have no hard feelings towards them. But for me, the ones that I knew and wanted to have relationship with, I don't personally believe people are bad. I don't even believe serial killers are bad people. I believe that they have some bad thoughts and that they do some bad things, but I don't think they innately are bad. And I kind of 
took that same thought process into forgiving the people who hurt me. And I took myself out of my skin, out of my subjective feelings and became very objective and asked myself, you know, what was going on in their life for them to perhaps treat me the way that they did? Because I don't think it's an excuse for why they treated me the way that they they did. But I do think it gives you insight to what's going on into their world or what have you. I don't always think people are aware that they're hurting you either. I think sometimes intentions are meant well, but execution is poorly done. And so when I realized that holding on to the bitterness inside of me against my offenders, I realized this isn't benefiting me. And I remember when I was really young, my mom loved the Oprah show and she, Oprah was saying something about how she was angry or upset or hurt at one of her friends and her friends came out and came out of Barney's, I believe with shopping bags. And Oprah was like, she doesn't even care that I'm upset. And that's the reality. Mm -hmm. You know, people do care, but not to the level that we personalize it. And there was no benefit I was getting. I was miserable. I was unhappy. I was stuck in a life I disliked. And I just realized like, if I forgive them, a huge weight comes off of me too. And it took huge steps in my faith and walking with God to realize just the power of forgiveness. And who do I want to stand for? And what do I want to stand for? If I had somebody in my world that if I had a daughter or a son and they had been abused or victimized, I would hate that. But I would really want them to understand the power of forgiveness because hurting people hurt people. And when you comprehend that to a deep level, you realize the possibilities of somebody hurting you is endless too, but you can flip it and see, man, there's endless possibilities of giving people life and encouragement and inspiration. And if I can overcome what I've had to endure unwillingly, like I didn't have a choice in it. It was just, this was my life. It's what I, it was the cards I was dealt, it's what I had to clean up. Then man, what can I do being free from all this and encouraging people to live in a world that speaks and screams love? Oh yes. And forgiveness really opens that door to love. It does. And you know, people, I will say one thing about forgiveness that I wish people would comprehend. Forgiveness does mean you forget. And I tell people, I distinctly remember forgetting that happened because when we constantly, we have to forgive from our hearts. We can't forgive from our minds. It's our hearts that have to forgive the, the instant, the, um, the event. Can't, can't mm-hmm. find my words apparently. <laughs> and when we forget from our heart and we choose to forget the situation, we don't allow it to replay in our minds. When we forgive from our, from our brain, from our mind, we allow the events to replay and we're not really forgiving when we're constantly remembering it because that will also develop bitterness in us in a subconscious level, which is so dangerous for your body and for your spirit. And I remember a mentor once told me that when you say, I'm sorry, or when you accept somebody's apology, or when you choose to forgive someone, even if they don't ask for forgiveness, you're saying you forever give up the right to bring it up. Oh, I love that. You forever give up the right to bring it up. Yes, because that is forgiveness. It's saying, you know what? You hurt me. And I'm, I'm going to forgive you. And I'm even going to forget that this happened so we can have a healthy relationship. Again, there's that fine line because if you're in an abusive relationship and you're constantly forgiving the same actions over and over and over again, that's not what I'm saying. There's a difference. And I hope that's being clear. That's clear. Yes, it is clear. So what you're saying is uh, you can forgive them, um, but you are not condoning what they've done. You, you're not justifying it and you're not inviting them out to lunch. Exactly. Exactly. But once you've healed, you can invite them out to lunch if their actions have changed. 
Okay, great point. Great point. I really liked what you shared about, you know, with the Oprah situation. I think that happens so often where people will hold a grudge. I know I've done this. I've been angry about something or, or heard about something and holding on and holding on. And I know the other person really has absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm letting it just control my feelings and put me in a bad mood and, and put me in a negative mindset. So that was a really good point to people to just to know that you're doing it for yourself. And what you said about forgiving from your heart as opposed to forgiving from your mind, that is huge. I've never heard that before. And I love how you have differentiated the two. And and, and I'm sure when you forgive with your heart, you forgive with your mind as well. But just really knowing and, and being willing to accept that people were doing the best they could with the knowledge and the awareness that they had at the time, if you're willing to believe that about people, then why wouldn't you be able to forgive? I mean, you just hold yourself in bondage. I mean, I think there's that saying, when you forgive, you forgiveness is the keys to opening, opening the jail, jail cell you've put yourself into. Mm-hmm. I just, with all that I've had to forgive with people, I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't forgive because you consume so much of your bandwidth beating yourself up about why you won't forgive them and why they're this horrible person. And all that is, is toxicity. That's just negativity. And it will pour over to other avenues in your life. It absolutely will. And I was reading on your website about how you um, are stating that you can change your brain by 90% in six months or less. Mm -hmm. I, I think that this whole forgiveness piece leads really well into that. Can you tell us more what you mean by that? Yes. So our, our thoughts and our words have power. And just like Louise Hay suggested, like we can heal our bodies regardless of what the doctors say. Mm -hmm. I always know everything. And it's really that, I mean, your mindset, which is your attitude, your behaviors, how you think, what you talk, it all controls what you do and it it produces results. Mm -hmm. Regardless if you like those results or not, it's producing something and it's giving you some benefit or you wouldn't be doing it, even if it's negative. Mm -hmm. So if you just focus one hour a day on thinking about love and joy and what you want to be and who you want to be and what you want to have in your life, and you really spend time, not just like visualizing the end result, but you know, you see yourself participating in it. Perhaps you want to be really defined. Maybe you envision yourself with a six pack and ripped abs and you just see how you would act and you operate in that moment as if you own it now. If you just participate in that for an hour a day, your brain is going to shift and all of a sudden you're not going to have those issues. It's the same with if you have maybe sensitivity to smells. If you just focus on joy instead of focusing on that smell and just retrain your brain to do what you want your brain to do, in six months, if you do this an hour a day, you're going to notice a huge change. You're not going to be operating with that smell bothering you, or you're not going to be operating in this negative woe is me. The thing that I've noticed is because we can't see our, our mind getting stronger and developing because it's something that's not tangible, people give up. And it's just 60 minutes in 24 hours, 60 minutes of just where you need to focus on what do you want? Who are you? What are you going to say? What are you going to think about? And then what you'll find is that hour becomes two hours, three hours, four hours. And at that point, you've increased your percentage to be higher because you've changed your mindset fully. And so you're going to focus on different things, which means you're going to perceive different things about life. And it's just incredible. 
Well, it's like that whole planting seeds thing. And we talk about these positive affirmations and these positive thoughts and really connecting with that feeling. But you know, if we do it for one minute in the morning, that's great. But if we spend the rest of the day letting our thoughts get carried away on other subjects or having conversations on on maybe negative subjects or negative beliefs or behaving in a certain way or surrounding ourselves with certain people, that little seed's probably not going to grow. No, it's not going to fall in good soil at all. And the thing that I think people forget is our words are so powerful. Anytime you say, I am followed by what have you, that what have you will follow you in a matter of time. Oh my goodness, you are so powerful. I love listening to what you're sharing. You also had on your website that our default mode is to be our best. I had never really thought about that before. I believe that we are all brought into this world as these beautiful beings of divine light who are worthy of love. But I never really processed that through to being a default mode. Yeah. I mean, I joke about this sometimes. I don't think anybody's waking up saying, man, I'm going to be the worst self I can ever be. (laughs) You know, I think people get stuck and I think people get confused and operate so deeply in fear that they don't know how to become their best or their self-worth is so low. And I get it. I mean, if you had done a psychometric assessment on me about my self-esteem a few years ago, it would have been as low as it could possibly be. But at some point as an adult, it's your responsibility to make yourself the autonomous adult that's healthy, that your parents were supposed to cultivate in you. And you can't give those excuses. And when you find yourself operating in your best and doing things to better yourself, it's an incredible feeling. I mean, you almost get addicted to it in a way because it's so liberating. You're like, wow, I can do that. Well, I wonder what else I can do. Oh, you know, you are so inspiring. And I love that you've got this new program coming out to help people with that very thing. So the program is called the Victor Transformation Program. And I'm excited because you are uh, starting it live on December 20th of this year, 2019. Can you tell us more about that program? Yeah. The Victor Transformation Program is, I'm really excited about it. I've hopefully given enough detail and information to really make it very tedious in its steps. Because when I was trying to figure out how the heck to become a victor and how to change my thinking, I was really overwhelmed with all the information. And I found a lot of the information to be super ambiguous. Now, I understand that as you're working to change your mindset, there is a level of ambiguity but I wanted a little bit more analytical step-by-step processes. And so that's what I created in the Victor Transformation because I think it's super easy to be like, oh, we'll change your thinking. Well, my analytical mind was going like, well, how do I do that? Like, can you give me step one, step two, step three? And I I can then follow it and learn it. And so the Victor Transformation Program is is a place that creates the space and provides the tools for an individual to transform their victim mindset or even toxic mindset to... A mindset of a victor. And one thing I just want to emphasize is when we say victim mindset, I don't mean anybody who's experienced necessarily trauma. People will be really surprised to, to know what a victim mindset really consists of. And a lot of times it's just toxic thinking and negative self-talk and just simply being pessimistic. I mean, I don't think anybody gets true enjoyment from that. And so this program really helps you take those steps 
that are necessary to cultivate that Victor way of thinking. It, it, it's about pulling those deep, deep, deep roots of victim thinking or negative thinking and pulling them out and planting seeds of positive thinking and self-love and learning how to apply forgiveness, self-forgiveness, how to do self-love, how to practice mindfulness towards yourself. Because if we can love ourselves 100%, then we will treat others 100% with love too. And I think that that pull push relationship is awesome. And I think sometimes we want to give everyone else the best and we don't give ourselves the best. But if you don't give yourself the best, you're not capable of giving anyone else the best either. That is so well said. So incredibly well said. What an amazing teacher you are. Your yeah. students in the uh, Victor Transformation Program are going to be so happy that they have signed up with you. Well, I hope so. I mean, it's it's an awesome program. It's it's detailed. It's the work is there for you to really change your thinking. And what people forget going to a point that you mentioned earlier is you don't just wake up with negative thinking. You don't just you know flip a switch and bam, there it is. It, it took time to develop it. And that's why I say, if you just spend six months, an hour a day, your, your thinking will change. But that instant gratification that people are looking for, it's just not going to happen. Time is of the essence when we are transforming ourselves. And it's actually a blessing, not a curse. Because if we just went from negative thinking to positive thinking overnight, we would not know who we are. And it's about learning who you are. It's about accepting yourself and learning how to be your best and exploring yourself and just having fun with learning how to see life in this marvelous way, because, you know, life is really, really beautiful. You talk about having a perspective to live a life of everlasting joy. And that's what I hear in your voice. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's so beautiful. What you have shared is life-changing for people. And I love how you've given the listeners the opportunity to stop judging themselves for not being able to flip a switch and just change all of that negative thinking overnight and to instead understand that it is a process and it does require work, but that it is so worth the journey. It is so worth the effort put in. Oh my gosh, your life will be extraordinary. Like I get it. I was negative. I, I, I was pessimistic and I was really unhappy. And I can just tell you from creating this program to now, my thinking has even gotten better and tighter with positivity. And it's, it's just incredible when you wake up every single day and you're like, man, today's going to be an exciting day. And not only are you saying it, but you're believing it 100%. Yes. And that's, that's my focus in my, in my coaching practice. And just honestly, the way I live is I want to develop an invincible mindset where nothing gets me off my horse, where I stay on that horse. And I'm just not bothered by the external stimulation and stimuli of this world, because I think sometimes we get so consumed about what's happening externally that we forget to check in internally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And asking yourself, you know, have I been here before? What's caused this feeling before? Am I just reacting on an old negative belief or is this my true feelings? Like really getting in touch with that and, and just truly, truly loving yourself. And I think Louise Hay is also a big advocate, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong about not allowing your, your emotions to 100% dictate your life. Mm-hmm. You have to call things that we don't see as if they are here. And that's really powerful when you learn that versus just allowing the right now to consume you. I think we need to be present. But you know, if you're 
praying or desiring a really large home with beautiful furniture, I think there's a way to incorporate that into your now without sacrificing a lot of things. And I think people forget that. They really allow what's in front of their face currently to control how they operate and how they live. Oh, you're absolutely right. I was speaking to a client this morning and we were talking about goals for the new year. And uh, she made a comment about, feel like these are big goals. These are big dreams. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? We have these goals. We have these dreams. But like you said, dream big, live in the moment. If If you are seeking happiness, choose the happy thoughts now. If you are seeking a uh, harmonious relationship with your family, act as if you have that now. Yeah. And same with health. I mean, earlier this year, I actually got really sick and had to stop doing some of my work because I was so ill. And that's when I really learned the power of my words. And I, even though I felt like crap some days and could barely get out of bed because Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't actually eat anything, I kept saying, man, I'm healed and I'm feeling awesome and I'm feeling great. And guess what? All of my I am's caught up to me and I, now I'm hundred percent healed. It's great. Oh, Liz, awesome. you make me smile. You well, make me smile. That's I mean, beautiful. So much power. And, and one thing I just want to encourage the listeners to understand is, you know, if you look at Oprah Winfrey and if you look at some of the successful people out there, Bill Gates, I mean, he might be an exception because he's quite, quite brilliant, but most people don't have most successful people in the definition of financially successful do not have anything that you don't have. They're not necessarily smarter than you. They're not necessarily prettier than you. They just dreamed big, believed in themselves, believed in their dream and went for it. You make me believe that I can do anything listening to you. I can see how you really can coach and teach other people to be their most authentic selves and and that invincible mindset because I'm feeling that invincibility about you and I'm feeling it about me just listening to your words. I do want to connect the listeners with your Instagram account. It is instagram.com forward slash Elizabeth Liu. So E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-L-O-U, the number four and the letter U. So Elizabeth for you on Instagram. She has a huge following there and amazing things happening. If you check, if you click on her link, she also has a free gift for you. And I believe that you are still offering 30 minute coaching sessions um, as a discovery session for people who are interested in coaching with you. Is that correct? I am. I like to make sure I'm a good fit for any of my prospective clients because to be blunt, I can't stand wasting time and money and I don't want my clients to ever feel like they've done that. And so I really want to make sure that there's congruousness for us to really work together and have brilliance come out. I love it. They can email you at info at elizabethlewis.com, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-L-O-U-I-S.com. And some of the things that I just really want to encourage is that Victor Transformation Program that is starting on December 20th. Definitely get in touch with Elizabeth. Find out more about that. She is so informed about what it is that she does. And uh, you're based out of Richmond, Virginia, correct? But your programs are online. Yes, I I travel all over and I work with clients all over. Oh, beautiful. She will teach you how to learn tools to defeat that fear. (laughs) We all know about that, right? Learning how to walk in love and to stay there, not just pop in and out, but to walk in love and to stay there. And she will give you those 
scientific evidence-based techniques that will just help you to eliminate all of those limiting beliefs that you may be carrying forward and, and to understand the power of your words and to promote your mindset and believing that you are enough. Oh my goodness. Teaching people that they are enough, that they are more than enough and that they can do what they set out to do. Thank you for the beautiful gift that you are to the world, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you. You're the beautiful gift too, though. I mean, you're awesome. Your energy, oh, it's contagious. <laughs> I love the things that we are co-creating. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a delight. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon. Do that and then some. Transform feelings of less than to more than enough. Thanks for joining us.